0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRug Sports. My name is Sebastian Noren. With me is Polly Christel. Not with us is Elliot Niblock, who's once again out, you know, out in the wild. I don't know where he is now, but he's somewhere. Is he in America? He is in America. I know that much. I think he might be in New Mexico. I'm not sure. He might be in Arizona by this point. I don't know. He's somewhere. Somewhere out west, making his way. I don't know if he's going to California or what, but we'll see. Hopefully he'll be with us later in the week. All right,
1: I'm trying to stay quiet, but just as a heads up, as I I just told Seth before we started recording, NBCSN today ran back. Goals of the season from the year 2012-2013. I don't know why they chose to do that, Um, and that's what I have on right now. So there's a good chance, like, throughout the show, I'm just going to be shouting random players' names because it's, like, so far, so long ago, but at the same time, not long ago at all. But Fernando Torres on Chelsea is scoring, like, a really nice goal just popped up, and that was like, huh, look at that.
0: It's like, one goal for them. Um, yeah, and I guess
1: it happened in August of, <laughs> of 2012. <laughs>
0: there we go. Maybe you'll get to see a uh, canoe goal or something. Who knows?
1: We just all meet you one. So I'll meet you one. uh, Hatton Ben Arfa just scored for Newcastle.
0: Very nice. Um, Very nice.
1: When do they get to the Robin Van Persie section?
0: Yeah, he might have his own dedicated section.
1: Yeah, well, we're about to get the Raphael De Silva bomb against uh, Liverpool. There, that that came in there.
0: Yep. Okay, well, let's uh, keep it a little bit more modern and take a look at what happened here over the weekend and a couple of results. I don't
1: want to. 2012-2013 was a great year. And... (laughs) 2017, 2018 is not shaping up to be that way.
0: Uh, No. I mean, if you're a city fan, it's shaping up to be a great year. Four, four to one win over Spurs and still have that 11 point lead at the top. I mean, you thought that 52
1: points already. First of all, we're halfway through there. 52 points are on pace for 104. They have the league because Christmas is here. Uh, it's not here yet, but there's no games between now and Christmas. They're at the top of the table, which means they won the, they won the title. That's the rule. We know that.
0: Um, should we just stop playing? Or should we just have a 19-game season instead?
1: Well, because all the other races take <laughs> take time to settle out. But the other races kind of – in recent years, they only take 35, 36 games. It's been really – Championship Sunday has not been great recently. Yeah. But the title pretty much – I mean, when was the last time the title came down on the last day? Twenty twelve?
0: Yeah, it's been a while, yeah.
1: Yeah, twenty twelve. I mean twenty uh fourteen. It came down to almost the last day with the Gerard slip. Um who won it in twenty fifteen? Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea. They they won it with a few games to spare. Leicester won it with four games to spare. Chelsea last year ran like pretty much ran away with it. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's unfortunately, but yeah, the title race just gets decided after 18 games. What's most annoying, though, is, and I think you could agree with this, is there's more quality in the Premier League now than there has ever been ever in terms of, you know, like, think about the 90s. It was kind of, you know, United Newcastle and then United Arsenal. And that was it. Then mm-hmm. the early 2000s, it was United Arsenal. And then Chelsea came around and it was United Chelsea-Arsenal. Every so often Liverpool had a good team, but not always. Uh, And then eventually you had the big four, but it was like Liverpool were always kind of fourth. They did have the year where they finished second, but it was kind of just four. And then City became good, but at the same time Liverpool fell off. And even then, the the middle of the pack teams now, like just everyone like from top to bottom, everybody else in the middle is much better than they used to be. There's more quality in the league than there's ever been before, and Pep is turning this thing into the Bundesliga.
0: Yep. Yeah, he there's... turned it
1: into. We have one team that's running away with it, and everybody else is just playing against each other.
0: Yeah. So already talks that City wants to extend his deal. I read somewhere as long as ten years.
1: I mean, why wouldn't you? If you're if you're Man City, why wouldn't you? The issue with with Pep is. Is he going like, to, how long will he hang around? Mm. How long until he wears out his welcome? It's this is, these are the kinds of things where it, th- these are where manager and club relationships get strained. Um, is when you have a high profile owner, which city kind of do, they're very demanding. They are not, they are as demanding as Roman Abramovich, but not as, on a personal level, not as, um, not as there as Roman Abramovich, mm-hmm. You know, you don't, I can't tell you the name of city's owners. I can just tell you that they're impatient, you know, egotistically that Roman Abramovich is Jerry, is the Jerry Jones of the premier league. But yes. what, what you get is what you get is managers and uh, the ownership. If they don't see eye to eye, or if the, essentially, if you want to have a long-term manager, you kind of need the owner to take a back seat, which I'm sure is what drives Elliot nuts about Arsenal. Is the owner takes a back seat, even though he gives Arsene Wenger a budget? So we say, otherwise, it's really Arsene's fault that they don't go out and sign players. Yeah. But or at United, when it you know that was Sir Alex Ferguson's show. City are still you know they're still the Abu Dhabi group's show. And pepper ran into issues with management at Barcelona at Bayern when it comes to these guys it's can you play nice with everybody for long enough to make it a viable thing and none of these and the question and here's another thing that you really have to wonder long term is how much how long can they last long term because Pep comes in buys a bunch of players then the next year it's like okay we still need players in in these positions buys more players at what point is it like I want to keep buying players, but it's like, wait, we haven't sold anybody. And we have all these players on the books who are kind of like unsellable because teams don't want them because or they're not going to leave because their wages aren't going to be as high. So that'll happen in four or five years. You know, it happened to United in, in essence. It ha- and that's like Ashley Young and Antonio Valencia have reinvented themselves as fullbacks to serve a role. For, they've become role players. They weren't signed to be role players. They were signed to be the premier attacking wingers for Manchester United. Who, while they were winning, while they were winning the Premier League and making Champions League finals, but they've reinvented themselves because Louis Van Gaal kind of wanted to sell them and he couldn't, and Mourinho was kind of just like, "Huh, eh, I'll take, I'll take them and use them where I can." Yeah. So what happens? You know, normally, like for for a manager like Mourinho, or for a manager like Pep. Those kind of managers, when those players hit their expiration dates, the, the manager is already out of the picture. He's already on a new team. So, if your city, yeah, I want Pep long term, but does he work long term?
0: Well, he did what? Three years in Barcelona, four in Bayern, or was the other way around? Four and three. Okay.
1: So, right, but are we are we considering three years long term now?
0: No. No, yeah, um, I mean five plus, I would say.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, five plus shouldn't be long term, but But it know, is. In this day and age, yeah. it is, you're right. And but if we're talking a ten year contract, five plus that's a that's a lot of turnover. Yeah. Think mean, about think about United in the year two thousand and United in the year two thousand ten, how many times did Sir Alex Ferguson turn that team over? Yeah. More than once. Yep. It wasn't like he had a team from two thousand until two thousand five. It's like he he rebuilt that team like twice during that stretch.
0: Well, if we take a look at, you know, City's squad right here, I think that, you know, Claudio Bravo probably looking to sell him because I think Ederson has come in and done a phenomenal job. He fits the pep style a lot better. He's good with his feet and he can actually stop the ball. Uh, You're right, but who's your backup? Because you do like you need you need two people. Yeah, but you could bring someone else. What in. happens if
1: Ederson takes a ball in the face and actually takes his head off
0: next? Yeah, time? I mean bring in someone else that maybe has some potential, you know, of growth. I think you know, Bravo is already what, thirty four? Thirty, yeah, thirty four. Right,
1: so 34. Why, but like so here's the thing about selling all these guys. Where are they going? Because this is like when United came in, when Louis van Gaal came in and he said, I want to get rid of Nani because he's terrible. And it was like, well, where's he going? Because Nani rejected every move because he was like, I'm making so much money here. Why would I go somewhere else where I'm not going to make money?
0: Well, I th- I don't really feel like they're in that position, though. Because if you look at it, Cal Walker, many years left. Danilo, they just bought. Company, good if he's healthy. Stone's not going anywhere. Sterling, not going anywhere. Gundogan, good. Aguero, I mean, they could easily sell him. To a top club uh, if they wanted to they he's keep old him. though he's, he's not he's not he's old. old he's
1: 29 but
0: he's he's 29 he's
1: like you right so whoever you sell him to this is like when United bought Robin Ben Percy it's you better you better be ready to win right then and there because he doesn't have a lot of years left and he has no sale value
0: that's true he doesn't have any resale value unless you sell him to I don't know Abu Dhabi or something
1: you're not all right so say you buy Sergio Aguero at the end of this year and you use and you get him for three or four years you're not selling him for more than eight million
0: no you're gonna take a heavy loss that's for sure uh but either way so, I mean he he could still play there for another four years easily
1: uh right I get that but also we're, we're now we're acting like we're acting like at no point are any of these players going to get unsettled. We've seen players at the biggest clubs get unsettled. Oh,
0: of course they can, but I'm saying that they're not, I, I feel like they have a good co- group of core players that are in the right age to be good for a number of years going forward.
1: Uh, I Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I mean, as far but as what I, they
0: have out on loan, Joe Hart, meh.
1: Right but here's here's the so here's the other issue is and this is where it comes the pep versus the owner's issue is pep like he wants his players and everything um he wants his specific players molded into the way that he plays city's owners they always want the nicest toy so when a striker comes around like say sometimes it's something as little as a Wilfred Bonnie or a Roque Santa Cruz who's just lighting the Premier League on fire—they want to buy it and sign him up. If it's now say it's somebody else, um, you know who's tearing up a, a yeah, team they, in Europe they've like, gotten better like better it's Kylian Mbappe, they they are still going to want to go out and get it. They've gotten so a also lot better. Now you're going to bring. They have gotten better, but you don't think they're going to keep doing that over the next ten years?
0: I think that yeah, they're going to keep signing high-profile players. Yes.
1: So at a certain point now you sign it you sign a high profile midfielder like what happens to to okay Gundogan I just I at a certain point and and this isn't just for City this is for everyone it, at a certain point it can't be sustainable if you keep buying 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 and you're not selling anybody until they're past their value and I think part of the reason that Chelsea have gotten Away with what they're doing is because they have so many young players that they send them all out on loan and then they could charge a king's ransom when they catch on. Like they got 50 million for Lukaku. Lukaku never played for Chelsea. They got 50 million for him. They sold Kevin De Bruyne. They sold Andre Sherlock. Like the the amount of players that Chelsea have sold is helping to pay for the new ones. Are they still spending more than they're making? Sure. But they're selling, you know, they're they're selling some good players. United, City, um, you know, no one else is who's out there spending, spending, spending. Nobody else is selling players that aren't past their expiration date.
0: Yeah.
1: So it, it's just a question of can someone like Pep survive long term? And that's that's the question. The other th- and it, it kind of just comes to... My thing is, I'm, I'm looking at what Pep is doing right now, and he's, you know, like I said, he's turning the Premier League into the Bundesliga. And he's he's literally created the team that is so good, they are running away with the league. And Mourinho is right behind, is not right behind him. Mourinho is the best of the rest in second place. But let's not pretend that he hasn't spent a king's ransom of money. Like, United have spent God only knows how much money since Sir Alex Ferguson left, and... I understand they had a reputation for spending money before he left, which was really not the case. Um, They spent it when they had to, but most of the time they didn't. Now that he's gone, they're spending up the wazoo. I I, I would like to see, like, obviously this would never happen, but for all these managers that come and they're so good, but also it's like you spent so much money, you should be good. If every two jobs that a manager took so you get two jobs, and then your third job had to be somebody that wasn't in the Champions League the year before, and like isn't going to be in the Champions League the following year. Yeah. Like, imagine if if Mourinho. So we, he came from Chelsea. He went to United, and then they're like, okay, now for if you want to leave United, your next job has to be somebody like uh, Watford. Can he? <laughs> what can he do it? What he's doing, like, you know, someone that can't afford to go out there and buy all the players on your wish list. Yeah. Mourinho, Pep, what I understand you guys are talented. I want to see you display your talent when you don't have the ability to go out there and buy what you want. You know, like, if you're a talented chef, what can you do when the grocery store doesn't have all the ingredients you need?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That would be interesting.
1: Uh, let's take a quick break,
0: and then when we come back, we'll talk about a manager that doesn't have all the money in the world, and that's David Moyes. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back, and David Moyes uh, said that he's uh, he's believing in himself. He's uh, capable of managing any club in the world, and he wants to prove it at West oh, Ham.
1: Oh, David. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, David.
0: Uh, so uh, let's see what he said here ahead of tomorrow's Carabao Cup game against Arsenal I have I have to come here and show I can do it if you're any player you have to come and show what you can do your repetition doesn't stand for anything yep uh, I think I'm capable of doing the job at any club in the world so I'm sure I can do it at West Ham but like you didn't you sure as hell didn't at United
1: or Valencia. He went to Valencia, right? Or is that Gary Neville?
0: No, he was at yeah. Real Sociedad.
1: Oh, Real Sociedad. Yeah. Like, you didn't do it there either.
0: Hey, he has taken West Ham out of the relegation zone, though. They're up to 15th place after a 3-0 win on the road against Stoke. So, they are playing better.
1: And, they are. Yeah, I mean... because yeah, You know, that's a good fit for him, but like... Come on, you can't say that you could be successful at any club in the world. You just proved that you can't be at a big at a big club. Yeah. You can't.
0: Hello, sirens.
1: The sirens are because <laughs> of that BS that David like. The sirens are the are the BS detectors. You like you can't. Here's, I mean, ah, uh, you just proved that you can't do it at United because. The players just didn't respond to what you said. They didn't respond to you because, well, frankly, um, you couldn't buy anybody because nobody wanted to come and play for you. And the players that were there were kind of just like, hey, we've won championships. What have you done? Nothing. You're at now a club that makes sense for you. And it makes sense that he's doing well at West Ham. Um, You know, he is a, a person that dramatically overachieved at Everton. Or so we say. We we say he overachieved at Everton every year. I don't think that's completely true.
0: No, he did a good job at Everton. It right. Was, it was a good fit for him.
1: It was a good fit, but we, but like you know, the, I mean, the team made the Champions League one year.
0: Yeah. No, and I mean uh, the, and they
1: were they were perennially fifth. Yeah. They were always fifth. So he did a really good job there. We we say he overachieved with with you know a poor team. He didn't overachieve with a poor team. We forget how talented that Everton team was. I mean, they had Luis Saha for a few years. He was a, a good striker when he was fit. Um, Yakubu seemed to always score. They had def- um, Leighton Baines, Tony Hibbert. Uh, those were just capable defenders. Julian Lescott got plucked out by Man City. Jagielka was was. still was, was good. But- was very good. Tim Howard was at the height of his game. Was in the prime of his career. Um, Leon Osman seemed to be. Leon Osman was a good def, uh, midfielder. Tim Cahill seemed to be the shortest guy in the world, but scored on any header you gave him.
0: Good uh, leap they, there, yeah. What's yeah, called vertical?
1: They had Stephen Pinar on the wings. Uh, they didn't have Aaron Lennon while he was there.
0: They had a decent. But, go, they had a pretty good squad. But,
1: you also forget, they also had Mikel Arteta, who's probably the best player to never play international football. Mikel Arteta was a player. England tried to get Mikel Arteta, and he was just like, nah. But Mikel Arteta would, would have been a great Spanish midfielder if he didn't come around at the same time as as Xavi and Iniesta and Sergio Busquets and Cesc Fabregas. And if, if he wasn't seventh on the list of six of three world-class midfielders plus another three better than you've ever seen midfielders, mm-hmm. he would have been, you know, he would have made a hundred caps. Like he would have gotten hundred caps Instead, he has none. Yep. He might've, I think he has, yeah, I think he has none. And that's so incredible that yeah. Mikel Arteta, he was so good. So the, the, the thing that Moyes did that was so impressive was the fact that his squad went about 14 deep. Yeah, like he literally trotted out the same fourteen players every week.
0: Yeah. So the Telegraph. I want to. When speaking about Arteta, the Telegraph wrote that Arsenal are looking at Arteta for taking over after Wenger. Okay. I mean that's an interesting proposition, but I'm not sure. Well, he's,
1: that... ga- well he's, he's gaining his coaching experience right now at City. Yeah. He's. Yeah, no, I could I see like I see your hesitation. You want someone, especially if you're Arsenal, you want someone you want someone who's managed before, but at the same time, like Barcelona just went to Pep.
0: True. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't I don't know either, because at the same time I'm not ready to just be like, oh, Mourinho's got one foot in at PSG already, like, let's go to Ryan Giggs. Although, you know what? No, I actually kinda am. Like, we should go to Rod. You want someone that could come in and command the respect of the room. That's really, in this day and age, that's the most important thing. Because you don't, unfortunately, you don't get time anymore. Like, when Sir Alex Ferguson took over United, it was he came in and just said, It's my way or the highway. And a couple of players picked the highway and he just booted them out. And he had the trust of the board because they stunk for a few years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he, He was
0: close to getting fired.
1: Yeah. And they stunk, but he was close to getting fired after four and a half years. Like, it was like after four and a half years, they saved his job. Nowadays, it's after four and a half months, we have to save your job. So, you need someone that comes in and, and can say my way or the highway, but you also need someone that that's not afraid to say, oh, you, you aren't going to follow what I'm listening to. You're going to ride the bench. I'm going to drop you from the squad. That's what... You, that's really what a manager needs to do. A manager cannot walk in and say, oh, you're our high-priced player. I need to play you. True. This is, this is something that especially like baseball fans have to deal with every year. It's like you sign that big free agent. He's not hitting. Then that young kid comes up from AAA. He's hitting, and you're like, well, we need to play the older guy because we pay him all this money. The young guy, we don't pay anything. And it's like, no, just play the young guy. Like, he's hitting, he's performing. You need to, it's what happened. It's what people said, you know, when Louis Van Gaal discovered, quote-unquote, Marcus Rashford. And it's like, no, like, did you discover him? Like, are you playing youth or are you just playing youth because they're injured? Like, when Wayne Rooney and Anthony Martial and all the older players come back, are they just going to re-enter the starting 11 or is Marcus Rashford going to keep them on the bench? That's what managers have to do, and I think for first-time managers, it's very, especially like when you're a manager-turned-player, like player-turned-into-a-first-time-manager, a, that's a very hard line to um, to figure out. Now, yeah. like, when Pep took over Barcelona, he recognized, like, we have Thierry Henry, we have Samuel Leto, we have all these guys, but Leo Messi is the key here, and we should be playing around Leo Messi. So he got rid of those guys, but he had, like Leo Messi was the best player in the world. You can, you can take over a team like, uh, you can take over a team like Watford and say, Hey, wait, we have this guy and he should be the focal point. But you know, if that, that player is not Leo Messi. So it kind of becomes a bit of a, a,
0: a bigger risk. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We, you know, David Moyes done well, West Ham, I would say that Roy Hodgson has done an even better job at Crystal Palace. They're up to 14th place now after beating Leicester 3-0 on the road in their last game.
1: Unbeaten.
0: Very poor Leicester.
1: Uh, Unbeaten.
0: Yeah, but still credit to Palace. They have three draws and two wins in their last five. Up to 14th place now.
1: He's unleashed Wilfred Zaha. Uh, That's what it is. Wilfred Zaha is finally playing like the Wilfred Zaha we expected him to be. What was it, four, five years ago? Four or five years ago?
0: Yeah, Zaha's played really, really well. And I think, uh, you know, moving uh, Loftus Cheek out to the wing, too, has worked out for him. But
1: again, like, is this something that should surprise us?
0: Uh, Maybe not. They have a pretty good team. On paper. Cool, that's,
1: it's not that the, oh you mean the Hodgson effect let's stick yeah. with the manager this yeah. this show has kind of turned into a manager themed show so yes. let's stick with the manager is that like Roy Hodgson being successful at Crystal Palace should we be surprised no no we shouldn't I mean well Big Sam was successful last year but it's, it's like every time Big Sam goes somewhere we shouldn't be surprised he has an MO and he gets it done and he's getting it done at Everton now um Hodgson what, what, what did he what has he done recently he was really good at Fulham small club really good at getting the best out of a small club maybe overachieving a bit then he got snatched up by a, a bigger club in Liverpool and fell flat on his face and then for some reason he, well, gets he the England job. he wasn't
0: giving it for a shake at Liverpool though
1: but it was also too big for him he wasn't the right guy yeah. I don't know if you know, like you could say David Moyes didn't get a fair shake at United. Like, but you could say that cause he didn't even get a full season, but at the same time in not a full season, it was very obvious. He wasn't the right guy. And Roy Hodgson was not the right guy for England, for uh, Liverpool somehow gets the England job, which is pretty straightforward. You're going to waltz through qualifying and then you're going to fall flat on your face when you play real teams. in well, tournament. yeah.
0: Well, wasn't he sort of a safe pick for them too,
1: though? And Gareth Southgate isn't.
0: Oh no, he is, but not as I feel like. Hodson was even more safer because that was. Oh well, yeah, Capello. but that's because
1: they're coming after Capello. Like, yeah. it's, it's the same way that Steve McLaren was the safe pick after Sven, and that fell flat on their face. Yeah, because the they, they were like, FA, "Oh, we need
0: a need. We need an Englishman."
1: Ugh. Right. The English FA. The only the only reason that they look like, if you're sitting where I am sitting, the only reason that they look like they know what they're doing is because uh, the U.S. Soccer Federation exists. Like they make England look professional and well done.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, it worked out well there for them when they're like, Oh, we need an American. We need someone who's done this before.
1: And then there was you know, um, he took over before Euro twenty twelve. They had what how'd they lose in that? They lost on penalties in that. So it wasn't terrible. They yeah, reigned through was qualifying. The same old story. Right. Then they ran through qualifying for the World Cup and they fell, and then they really fell flat on their face. And then for some reason he got the job again, like he got renewed after that World Cup. That was that was confusing. But the England job was too big for him. But frankly, I mean, the England job is the same for everybody. You're going to run through qualifying and then you're going to fall on your face in in the tournament because your team's not that good. Mm -hmm.
0: So that's true.
1: So again, it's it's just. He's just a manager that's good with smaller clubs. He's been good with small clubs his entire career. When he goes to bigger ones, he's not so good. And right now, it's, you know, when did he take over Liverpool? Like 2011, 2010?
0: Yeah, 2010 to 2011.
1: Yeah, so it's been seven years where we've just been experiencing Roy Hodgson failures. So that's why we're kind of like expecting, we're expecting Roy to be back in our life. And really, it's small club Hodgson, the guy who took Fulham to the Europa League final.
0: Yep, but good for him that he's doing well. I like him. Uh, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. A uh, little bit of a manager special there. As always, you can talk soccer with us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paul is P. Questel. Elliot is Keith's with better. Give Fandrick Sports a fall as well. And we'll talk to you again on Thursday as we need to Talk up the holiday matchups and see what happened in the Carabao Cup. So, until then, have a good one. Bye bye.